Hey girl, this is Wanda from the Black Women Travel Podcast. If you've spent years not allowing yourself to truly dream, it can be difficult as a black woman to say, I'm going to travel and do work that matters to me. We already have a crew who are doing it afraid and taking steps to live a more fulfilling life. If you're a black woman traveler, our sisterhood has a spot just for you. Join us for our annual travel conference, the International Black Women Travel Jubilee, for sessions on travel, wellness, and creating an online business to give your journey a boost. You can find us at blackwomantravel.com slash IBWTJ. That's blackwomantravel, T-R-A-V-L dot com slash IBWTJ. I can't wait to meet you there. You are now listening to the Traveling Shit Podcast. Cast, cast. I made it around the world and came back with stories to tell. Different places to call home. Now I'm never on my own. Dietations to my people hitting foreign nations. Food traveling shit, moving to live. Life in the sky, stories to give. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an episode of Travel and Shit Podcast, where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. And today is a cozy episode. If you're watching on the YouTubes, you can see me wrapped in my travel and shit blankets. Very comfortable. Um, I was actually perfectly comfortable. This is like take three of the recording. I um ended up going outside and having boyfriend pour me another drink. And now I'm cold. So I'm in here with my blanket because this is like my favorite blanket right now. So here we is. If you want to see what it looks like, go on to travelshippodcast.com and it'll get you directly to this week's latest episode where you can see me wrapped in the blanket or just go to travelshippodcast.com and go to shop and order one of your own. It comes in quite a few different colors. So now that we're past that, um, the holidays bring on a certain theme, if you will, to many of our, uh, themes to our social media, uh, what do you call it? Timelines. At this point, I, um, have seen my favorite repeats and a couple of new ones, but we all know and love the clapbacks and retorts and replies and comebacks, if you will, for all of those really intrusive questions and rude ass questions that family tends to ask during the holidays. You're seeing people that you haven't seen in years, you know, a lot of times, oh, I haven't seen you since you were yay high or this big. Uh, pause on that. Now that I am like the adult, I get it. it. It's really incredible to see a child grow. Like when you see them at like four and then you see an entirely different face looking back at you at like 11, it's just like, oh my God. And then from like 11 to like 13, 11 to 12 even, and you see the growth and development, like Y'all, it, I, I was real salty about it when I was a kid. Like, yeah, I grew. That's what the fuck I'm supposed to do, right? But as an adult, I fucking get it. So if any of y'all children are listening while you've got the adult in your life listening to the podcast, you just happen to be in the background. Give us grace. God willing, you will get there and you will 
also just be like, mm, I get it. I fucking get it. Um, but that being said, a lot of people get real comfortable asking questions they have no business asking. Now, additionally, some people will ask questions that they reasonably have business to ask or shouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be far-fetched if they were interested in an answer. However, their delivery, their approach, or um, their expectation of you to answer either a certain way or even at all is where they got you fucked up. So I'm one of those people that is, uh, you can ask me anything. I'm just not going to answer everything. So that, of course, make it travel. Got me to thinking, um, I've gotten some real sketch and then real like annoying questions while I've traveled. And the ones that came to mind immediately and that I'm going to run with here are not unique to me. They're not unique to any particular demographic of travel, uh, traveler, excuse me, I don't think, but in my experience, the ones you probably hear the most. So the two that annoyed me the most will always be, um, who are you here with? And do you have a boyfriend? The two that it kind of mattered who was asking, how they were asking context, really, you know, context matters in this one. Excuse me. With those two, it was, where are you from? And what do you do? So for the first two, who are you here with? Um, I never really would get too offended. And mind you, that question, all the questions, honestly, can all be asked different ways. They don't have to be asked expressly that way that I said them verbatim. They can be asked different ways like, oh, uh, you're meeting up with someone or, oh, well, who did you come with? Or, you know, are you waiting for somebody? Like there are different ways to ask, who are you with? But that question never really, I can't think of an experience or a trip or an interaction with someone that's asked that in particular that stands out as making me feel like, I can't think of one story in particular, right? But it's one of those things where you immediately have to read the situation. You immediately have to read the room. Where am I? Who's asking? And respond, like react, right? I'm a solo traveler. Well, I was a solo traveler. Uh, most of the travels that all the international travels that I've done, except for three, St. Bart, St. Martin, and um, Alberta. And also B, C, uh, British Columbia. So technically four, but um, they're not a different country. So that they're all in Canada, which is one. So yeah, three different countries that um, I'd been to with other people. But other than that, so that's about 20 countries that I've done by myself. I can't say that I can think back on one experience in particular that had me um, afraid of answering truthfully. Um, and there's more that I'll get to on that, but I still never really liked it, but I get it. Right. So if it comes from another female traveler who's solo or 
another traveler in general that's solo, I get that you're um, sourcing out people to hang out with, right? Or you're sourcing out shared denominators, commonalities amongst the two of us. Oh yeah, it's just me here. Oh, are you staying like locally? Like I can totally see how you start asking and picking for details, but at the same time, it's just like awareness, click, like that could be very sus for some people that can put people in a really uncomfortable place. Although you're coming at it from a, oh shit, did we just become best friends? You kind of got to be careful asking people and then, you know, you got to be careful answering. So more on that one, um, the next point that I'm going to get to. But the other question that used to make me feel the most uncomfortable was, do you have a boyfriend? And that's never come from a woman while I'm traveling. It's always, and how very assumptive of them to even assume that I'm a hetero straight woman, like, you know, or a hetero cis woman, excuse me. How, how presumptuous of them to even assume that I'd be interested in them. But I have always been asked by men, do you have a boyfriend? And at that point, I don't know if that's code for, are you a prostitute? Because I know a lot of black women have experienced, um, being, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, approached or propositioned, um, for sex work while they've traveled to different places. I don't think I've ever been approached for sex work while I've been traveling, unless of course someone was asking, do you have a boyfriend? Because that's how you do it in other countries. I don't know. Um, but I always get that question from a guy that's just like really pushing the what's up, you know, and Cuba immediately comes to mind two specific instances. One, I was on the beach. I want to say it was two guys and a girl or two guys. Yep. Two guys and a girl, I believe. And mind you, they, the group didn't speak English very well. Um, but we tried to communicate. We shared drinks. It was a little, you know, like on deals. Um, wouldn't recommend, you know, but felt it out. Definitely, you know, felt out their dynamic as a group and, you know, how their interactions with me made me feel at the time. But I knew my cue to exit was when one of the guys just kept asking, do you have a boyfriend? And so it was just like, okay, that's all you know in English, huh? We're moving on. Um, and the second time still in Cuba that I remember it being very uncomfortable was I, we had a taxi driver. So I'm trying to think I had just finished an excursion and I was on my way to get, um, my tattoo. And what sucked is that I had an appointment already arranged. I think I booked the appointment like a week or if not multiple weeks in advance and I knew exactly what I was going to get, knew where I was getting it. I just needed to pull up. The excursion I had gone to before was when I'd done the cliff diving, snorkeling, um, hiking, wading the river. Like it was the best fucking experience I probably had had at, uh, to date. Maybe that's a stretch. I don't know, but it was a big deal. Big, big deal. Love the day. Still to this day is one of the best days of my life. That being said, the 
I think that part of the the reason why I didn't make the tattoo appointment because of all the things that transpired between the ending of that trip and then getting to the shop. We ended up leaving or getting back to the city uh, much later than we anticipated. I had already asked the host to help me get a taxi so that I didn't have to now waste more time figuring that on my own. He had arranged for one of the drivers that had driven us already to then drive us, uh, drive me to my destination. But I'd become friends with like, it was the three of them and some nigga that Faith was uh, fucking with. And so it was about four of them. And I'm just like, word, y'all all going the same way? Pull up. Like, will, you know, this extra cost isn't that big a deal. We'll either, we'll, we will either split it or at that point, I didn't even mind covering it at that point because they, they, the kids, had, I won't say the kids because they're adults, but they were um, quite a bit younger than me. They were probably all 20, between 19 and 22, I want to say, at the most part. And at this point, I was like 33. So even if it was like, I think at the most, it might have been like a 6 or a $15 taxi, I did, that wasn't going to kill me. So I remember absolutely extending, we're all going in the same general direction, pull up. Well, that pull up turned into um, a very extended stop for the rando nigga that um, the girl Faith was fucking with. And he ended up going inside to shit, shower, change his clothes or whatever. And it's just like, yo, my man, you didn't pay for shit all day today at all. Like, I know you did this whole experience on some white boy freeloader shit. Do you? You know what I mean? I'm not here to stop anybody else's hustle except for when it's now a problem for me. And at this point, it was becoming a problem for me. All that being said, that nigga fucked up my tattoo experience. But the taxi driver dropped everybody else. And then he continued on to uh, Old Havana. Yeah, we had gone to Havana. I went to Havana for this act too. Because I wasn't staying. I was technically in Havana at that point, I think. Am I conflating trips? I think I'm conflating trips. But anyway, we'd gone to uh the spot to get the fucking tattoo the check the taxi driver ended up now dropping everybody off and he's driving me so thankfully when I got to the shop I was told basically immediately sorry the artist said it's too late I don't even remember how far after my appointment it had been but he'd already said like it's a dud and I respect people's time so I'm not gonna fight you on it I'm you know I don't know if this man or woman I don't the person had to go home to their fucking kids or if, you know, staying later would have incurred more childcare or, you know, care for an elderly parent. I try to be respectful, especially of people's time. So I let it go. It only been about 10 minutes. So I called the taxi driver back so that he could hopefully loop back around to me. He hadn't gotten too far and he could just take me back to where it is I wanted to go. I had the best day planned in my head. I thought I was going to get this tattoo, walk around and explore old Havana. But when I tell you I was so fucking butthurt, I was in my bag. I was so disappointed that I did not want to see Havana at all. I said, fuck it. I'm ready to go back and, you know, just whatever at home. Well, home for the week. So the taxi driver came back and got me and um, he starts talking about some shit. He's talking, talking, talking. And then he starts going with, here we go. Do you have a boyfriend? And I'm just like, okay, I see where this is going. I see where this is going. Cause he was doing like that real grinny. Yeah. Huh? Huh? And I'm just like, 
and he kept touching my leg and I had like shorts or some shit on and I'm all legs, not long legs, like long, but like, that's where I carry all my weight. So I'm just like, "Hmm, no, that's not like, don't touch me. But like not New York nasty, but just like, you know, ha ha, move, you know, move a little closer to the door. And it's like, oh, do you, do you have a boyfriend? And kept like reaching out and like trying to rub my knee. And I'm just like, okay, yeah. So that's why that question always rubs me the wrong way. Because I know why you're asking it. I know your intent is because you don't give a fuck if I have a boyfriend. You just want to know if you can fuck. That's what it is. So that question, as soon as I hear that question perk up, as soon as that pops up, we percolating. Mine is gone. I'm already, already clocked the way my, my way in and the way back. I know where my exit is or already know that, but now it's a matter of, all right, who all else is in here? Can this be a setup? How quick can I get out of here? Should I need to make a fast escape? What are my surroundings? In this case, I was in a moving car as opposed to being in a restaurant or like at a bar or in a store or outside in a park or, or on a beach or something. So it, it, that's one of the questions that always, always makes me uncomfortable. And so the two that is more dependent on nuance, um, tone, delivery, who all is asking is the, where are you from and what do you do question? And I only say those things are oof and not like offensive or a violation of privacy or anything like that. Um, because I know that so many people have so much pride and work really hard or, um, you know, feel a sense of identity dependent on or attached to those two traits. Uh, I don't know if you call them traits, those two, um, qualifiers, if you will, the, where are you from? A lot of people love, like I love my neighborhood. I enjoy living here, but I know, so Brooklyn, I'm not from Brooklyn. Everybody swears I'm from Brooklyn, but I ain't. Um, I'm a Queens bitch, South side, we outside. But um, I know I love Queens. I don't go places and say I'm from Queens because most people don't connect Queens to New York. I always just say I'm from New York. Um, and I'm very proud to be a New Yorker. So I understand how people are always going to ask, oh, where are you from? Especially in the States. Like if you're doing local travel or if you meet another traveler from the United States, you ask them, oh, where are you from? Like, wh- like where are you at? Like, talk to me. Um, so you're looking for common themes, common denominator. This is, we're looking for shared characteristics. So I don't necessarily get offended by that. Unless it's someone that's asking me to determine if I am, you know, like generally, I don't think anyone can hear me speak and then not know that I'm American, but we all know in the States, when someone asks where you're from, it's kind of like, if we're in New York and you ask me where I'm from, you don't give a fuck if I'm from the Bronx or Staten Island, you want to know like, what kind of black am I? Um, so that's generally why that question irritates me within certain context. Um, 
because generally you can see through the where are you from. Like you can feel what answers someone is trying to get from you. And that's where it gets like you're crossing a line. But it's one of those things where it absolutely depends. Someone could walk up to me and ask me, oh, like, where are you from? And I'm not offended. And then somebody asked me the exact same question and now I'm offended. Um, very similarly to what do you do? For the most part, it's a rather innocuous question, right? But when it comes across as like, so how could you afford this? Or, well, let me see if you're better off than I am. Or how do I classify you? Or what class do I assign you to uh, based on how much I think you make doing what it is you say that you do? Or, you know, how distinguished or important I assign what you tell me your job is um, in, in, in the social hierarchy. And again, that's why that question, the offensiveness, is that the right way to put it? The level of offense I take from being asked that question distinctly depends on context. What is your tone? Who the fuck are you? Who Are you asking me this in front of like a group of 12 people? You know what I mean? Like what's going on when you're asking me this question and who the fuck are you when you ask me this question? So, excuse me, that's one of the ones that I might not be bothered by it, but it depends. So if we re-scratch what I was saying about the... um who are you here with and do you have a boyfriend leads us to the next one. So I guess in hindsight, like I probably should have started talking about the other two responses. I mean, questions, but here we the fuck is, are you team? I'm here alone when you travel solo or are you team? I'm here with my man. He's, you know, out, he's going to meet me here later or I'm team, I'm waiting, my girlfriend is pulling up, you know, like my homegirls is pulling up in a little bit, we're meeting and then we're coming back. Like, what team are you as a solo traveler, right? So I was on one of those Facebook groups that I love and one young lady was noting that she absolutely informs hotel staff that she is by herself in the hopes that they will absolutely take notice if someone, you know, comes in and says, Hey, I'm here with Ashley. Um, can I get a key to the room? Like I totally left it behind or I locked it in the room. I'm staying with Ashley, you know, the girl, she's like five, seven, uh, light skin, really short, curly hair. You know the one I'm talking about, right? She has an accent. Like she sounds like she's from New York or something whatever. That being said, there's also team. I ain't saying shit. I'm, you know, absolutely here. Wait, which one did I start with? I think I started with, are you team? Like, basically do you tell people that you're by yourself so that the hotel staff can listen out for people saying that they're with you and then they'll know that they're not with you? Or are you team, you know, I'm going to tell you that I'm with someone so you don't 
start checking for me. So you're not looking like for ways to uh, take advantage of me or anything of the sort. So personally, when I check in, I just check in as me. Generally, I check into an Airbnb. So my host knows that I'm by myself because I'm the only person on the reservation. Um, But that really got me to thinking like, damn, would I trust hotel staff enough to expect that they are going to look out for me if I were staying at a hotel? So I'm thinking about to the different places, thinking back to the different places that I stayed when I stayed at hotels. Like I stayed at a lot of, I'd say like Europe was hostels. Um, the nature of a hostel is, I, I'm trying to think of if I had any solo hostel rooms. I think all the hostels that I stayed at were limited capacity, like four, six. One I think I stayed in was like 18. I think that was like Amsterdam. That was the most. Um, but okay. So Costa Rica, I stayed at a hotel, uh, Barcelona. It was technically a hotel, but it operated more like solo hostels. They had a really nice community space area. There was no, um, front desk attendant. So that was more like a, Hmm. I guess we need a name for properties like that. Like those, I guess a Sonder. We stayed in a hotel slash mixed use. Like, I feel like there are people that live there short term, long term, and then like renters, tenants, but that's a different conversation for a different time. But that being said, thinking back to the different places that I'd stayed in a hotel where my, the proprietor, if you will, would not necessarily know off the back from my reservation that I was staying, that I was staying solo. Cause I've also pulled up to hotels and be like, yes, I do need an additional key because even though I booked where it's just for me, I know that this room is big enough to accommodate without needing extra cots or, you know, extra, uh, amenities for more than one person. So, um, I personally have never necessarily volunteered that information to hotel staff. I personally would not trust hotel staff to look out for me. Inversely, I assume that hotel staff, I don't assume, but I don't see it to be a far-fetched notion that hotel staff may be a little bit more predatory towards you if they know that you're staying by yourself. Like all you need is one person to be in on some shit. All you need is one person to have some kind of scheme or a scam and they know that you're by yourself. They'll put you into, you know, the the assumption that you're going to be by yourself for the entire time, right? Um, Cause consider that you get there, they size you up. They'll look at you like, yeah, she looks like she gonna fuck somebody. So mm, we not, we, we not gonna fuck with her cause she'll probably end up bringing somebody back to the room or, oh yeah, she ain't getting no play. Or she just, she seems a little, mm, little stush, a little to herself. She ain't fucking with nobody from over here. Yeah. She's going to be in the room by herself. I am immediately assuming that someone is either going to overcharge me or they're going to, you know, if they involved in some shit, not that everybody is, but, um, my mind is always going to go to what's going to keep me safe. 
eight times out of 10. And in that instance, when I'm checking in, I'm not volunteering any of that information. I'm not generally engaging in small talk. I find like people that check you in really aren't that engaging anyway. They're nice enough to get you in and move you the fuck on. Um, so I was a little, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts on that one are going to be. Do you tell people that you are by yourself or, and even if you don't listen to this episode, um, like, I guess I'm do air quotes real time. Like if you listen to this episode and it turns out that I've done like another 14 episodes, I still want you to shoot me an email, dcarry at travelingshippodcast.com. Um, do you tell people that you're staying alone so that they will look out for you? Or do you tell people that you're not staying alone so that they will not look out for you? So they will assume that somebody else is looking out for you and just not pay you any particular mind. Personally, I fall in the middle. I don't answer no questions. I don't imply, but I always assume that they think I'm by myself. So I move as if niggas think I'm by myself. But personally, I would like, cause I don't necessarily have like an answer for that one. I can't say if I would want someone to think, I would, again, I'd have to read the room. That's me personally. I would have to a- absolutely read the room and see who all the fuck is asking. At this moment, does it feel like you asking a lot of questions? Or at this moment, does it feel like, you know, sis is looking out? Or does it feel like Big Unk is really like, you all right? You good? We're not going to put you on the first floor. We're going to put you on like 12 out of 14, just so that one, you get a good view. And two, you know, I don't know, you're not as accessible to people in the lobby, first floor drama and all that jazz. Just saying. And then the next thing that I was thinking about in terms of this whole privacy episode was outside of your hotel, outside of your accommodations, how do you handle being a solo travel? So again, email me and let me know which one of these sides you fall on. Do you always tell folks that you are waiting with friends? I mean, uh, you're waiting on friends and that like you're going to meet up with them at a different time, whether it be for dinner or whatever. Do you say that you're going to meet with friends or do you just run with, no, it's just me. In all honesty, I think that I'm more, uh, in more cases than not, I think that I'm more of a, no, it's just me when it's just me on a trip. But y'all already know context matters. So I'll absolutely get a feel for whomever is asking me that fucking question and decide, are you someone that I even want to spend more time with beyond this excursion or activity or whatever the fuck we doing that we're, we're doing? Like, would I hang out with you after the fact? If I don't have a read on it, I might say something like, for now it's me, but I'm probably going to link up later. Or I know that I know how to be fucking vague with my answers. But sometimes I'll very willingly volunteer. Oh, no, it's just me because I would absolutely hang out with you and your homegirl or you and your homeboy after the fact. Like, I will absolutely always read the situation, read the room, try to be aware of who else 
is reading this situation between whomever I'm conversing with. Because just because you're talking with one person doesn't mean somebody else isn't talking with you. Be aware if the person you're talking with stepped away from like a larger group and they're just like, you know, the plant or they're the one that was sent over to like break the ice and fill you out and see whether or not you could be taken advantage of, whether or not like you are, are you the mark? So keep that in the back of your mind, not on some what weighs me, the world is trying to get me, but on some, I want to get home. I want to stay safe. Just be aware of what all is happening around you. Peripheral vision. A lot of times it's not just what's right in front of you. It's what's going on around you. So just because one person comes over to you and has the conversation with you as if, you know, it's you and them, consider that they may not be just they, they may be uh, a plural they and not a singular they. So keep that in mind. But with doing your best to read the situation, are you someone that will tell people that, you know, oh yeah, I did this activity. It's just me here on this day trip, but I'm going back to the hotel and I'm actually traveling with my cousins or I'm traveling with my friends. I decided to go off today by myself, but I'm, you know, with other people or yeah, it's just me totally by myself. No one is here. Um, in hindsight, I think that if I do travel again and pause on the pin of the topic real quick, um, in terms of what I think in hindsight, let me just say that I think that if I travel solo in the future, and that's what I wanted to revisit, but let me finish this thought. If I travel solo in the future, I could see myself saying, I'm here on this activity by myself, but I'm meeting up or I traveled with friends and I'll see them when we get back to the room. This way, they're under the, you know, the assumption that someone is going to be looking for you at some point during the day. And looping back to the, if I travel solo again, um, this past year, two years, I haven't left the, first of all, I haven't done any solo travel, any uh, international travel since January, 2019. I have done tons of traveling with boyfriend in the past, um, year plus that we've been together we've been together a little over a year now and I fucking love it I can see maybe doing a solo trip at some point don't know what that's going to look like but just on a reminder of this is how you started like you're fully capable on your own um but I actually like this nigga like we're we're friends like he's a good fucking time we have fun so I don't know if I am as interested in solo travel. Um, but I absolutely know that at some point I'm going to feel as if I owe it to myself to revisit it and see if it feels the same, you know? So we'll see. But that leads me to the final point, let me just look over my notes here. 
yeah, so that leads me to my final point. Do you share your itinerary? Are you one of those people that kind of feels, because these Facebook groups, God bless them, they're a good time. I'd seen some women really on a, um, and I remember there was a, a clusterfuck, if you will. I don't remember where it originated. I don't remember if it was a Facebook or an Instagram or if it was a particular travel group I'm part of, but I definitely remember there was a young lady that was like reported missing. And I don't remember all the details, but I don't think she was actually missing. She just didn't want to respond to the people that were, um, initiating those claims if that makes sense. But unfortunately she was a rather public figure. So like she built a lot of connectivity around sharing information. And at a certain point she decided she didn't want to share information anymore. And that kind of caused a bit of confusion. It caused a bit of, we're used to seeing updates in, uh, we're used to seeing contact or frequent contact at that. And that stopped. So a lot of people really assumed that she was uh, missing. And I guess some people weren't that thought they did have a certain level of access to her didn't or weren't able to get a response that they thought would have been appropriate to be given them. Um, and that really um, got a conversation going around. What do you owe other people? Do you owe other people an explanation? Do you owe anybody like a detailed itinerary? Are you someone that checks in every day? Are you someone that will just up and disappear and have people guessing where you're at and then you kind of resurface or come back around and it's, you know, no big deal. So again, shoot me an email, dcarry at travelandshippodcast.com. That's D-C-A-R-R-I-E at travelandshippodcast.com. Um, I personally, I'm a check-in everyday kind of bitch. I text or call my mom every day when I'm not home. Well, when I'm traveling. Um, if I'm going for like seven days, I'll absolutely have spoken to my mom five or six of those days. Um, more like six out of seven, if anything, but I absolutely, absolutely check in. Hey, I landed. I'm okay. Um, Hey, I got to the Airbnb. It's mad cute. Here's a picture. Um, if I don't check in like somebody always knows I'm alive, whether it be the bestie, Hey, Del, um, or be my mama. Honestly, those are the people I talk to the most. I'll generally be on social media just because I'm also a kind of just want some downtime in the day kind of person. And at that point, I generally just scroll um, first thing in the morning or sometimes I'm up super early for an excursion. So it'll be like a, uh, before I go to sleep or winding down the day, checking in. Like after I talk to my mom, I'll be like on social media or some shit like that. So niggas know I'm good or I'm not. The ones... The one trip that I didn't really keep to that was Cuba. And that was because of the limited cell service. Um, also I think no Guadalupe, I had Wi-Fi at the house, but I didn't have cell service on the Island cause I had changed my provider. Um, but 
that whole, I don't want to say disappear. I don't necessarily want to, radio silent is probably the better way to phrase it because disappearing has a connotation and ignoring kind of has a connotation as well. But uh, radio silent, just not responding to or not instigating, not following up or a change in the norm. You know, I can absolutely see how any drastic change in the norm can make people that care about you uncomfortable. While I do not think anybody necessarily owes anybody anything because we're all individuals, we have that... um, Right. Hmm. Tough one. I don't know if that's the word that I want to use. We have the ability to change our mind at any time. Free will is built into this contract of life. Like it is what it is, right? Um, so at any moment I could decide that I don't want to do something that I've done my entire life. At any moment, I could decide that I want to change my mind about the level of access that someone or people have to me. So I absolutely agree that nobody owes anybody an explanation. But I think to a certain extent, like after spending 36 years as my mother's daughter, I kind of owe her She has a right to know, you know, because she hasn't done anything to completely sever that relationship. It'd be one thing if she had done something that, you know, ended our relationship for some reason. And because I do also believe that just because someone is your parent or just because someone is a family member does not mean that they get to um, cross any kind of boundary or that they get to, um, just because someone's family doesn't mean you owe them shit. But in the relationship that I have had with my parents, I do not think that I would be in the right to not respond to consistent, are you okay's, you know? Um, And that would be the same of like my best friend or like my boyfriend. I do not think it would be the right thing for me to do um, to not respond to that or to not check in, let them know I'm okay. For someone that does or who has uh, or who consistently on a current basis does a great job of making sure that I'm okay in my regular day-to-day life, I think that you kind of owe those kinds of people the, hey, this isn't a regular day for me where anything, you know, it's a day where anything could go wrong because I'm so far away from home. I don't think that it would be fair that I didn't respond to them. Now, someone who isn't part of my daily day-to-day, are you okay? Kind of someone that I can't like always go to in regular life or someone that I can't always go to, to, um, for help should I need it. I don't owe them shit. So if someone that I am or have been very good friends with on social media, or even like a really cool coworker, 
I don't owe y'all nigga shit. I don't have to explain anything to you. I don't have to tell you why I took a seven week, you know, sick leave from work. That's on me. If I decide to have that conversation, you know what I mean? So while I don't think anyone owes anybody anything, I do think that there is an acceptable and an unacceptable response when it comes to certain information being provided to certain people. Not that it's good or bad, not that it's right or wrong. I just think that there is something that is appropriate for certain people. Um, And I hope that makes sense. I don't really know how to, um, because that I feel like is more of a sentiment more than a definite, uh, because it's also possible that you do not, and you wholeheartedly truly believe that you don't share those response, um, those relationships, those responsibilities with anybody in your life. Thankfully, that's not my experience. I do feel like that I share certain, uh, level of sentiment and accountability to people in my life. So for me, there are certain people that I think that I would owe some sort of an explanation if I disappeared for a certain number of days without any communication or context or, you know, speaking to the person beforehand and letting them know, hey, I need a little bit of time. I can't really give you a window, but I'll be here. And, you know, maybe if I don't check in by X amount or by Z date, then, you know, pop in, check in, see if everything's okay or whatever, or, you know, cause for concern, whatever. But, um, that's my opinion. I don't think that anybody has to necessarily agree or align on that. I give everybody grace to, you know, do whatever is best for them. So, you know, I say it literally every week that travel is so much more than vacation. And while there are certain things that only apply on vacation, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. There are a lot of themes and um, experiences that extend themselves to both regular life and to our travel lives. And privacy happens to be one of those things. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. I am looking forward to uh, bringing you guys some really awesome guests. I got a lot of things. Um, I took a break on, you know, reaching out for a while. Holidays, everybody's got stuff going on. But I'm trying to really get things going for um, next year and getting a lot of that in order. So I'm looking forward to bringing you guys more guests, um, more content, and can't wait to see you guys next week. Bye y'all.